The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews MovieCast. Um, this is John Burke, and with me is Big Tuna. Hello. Hello. And uh, we are going to be looking ahead to uh, the Florida Film Festival, which is taking place from April 6th through April 15th. Uh, over at the Enzian Theater in Orlando, um, accompanied with the Winter Park Regal. Uh, they house two screens there, and then they do a sh- screening at the Enzian. Um, Sean, you've been to the Florida Film Festival before, right? Yeah, I've been the past few years. The first year I went, I only saw one film, and then last year I ended up seeing 11. And I think yep. my goal this year is around 13. Mm. So. Yeah, last year I saw a lot. This year um, it's conflicting with a lot of dates for me, so I'm only going to get to go three days. I still think that's about ten movies or so, though, because uh, I'm going to have a full day on a Saturday, two Saturdays, and then uh, the Monday night I'm planning on hitting up some. Um, those of you out there listening, and maybe you're new to the idea of a film festival, um, they're, they vary. Uh, I've now been to two different ones. I've been to the Florida Film Festival. This will be my third year attending and now i've been to south by southwest and um the thing i like about the florida festival that i think is appealing to anyone out there who's just curious what it's like to go to a film festival is you can literally uh, a la carte the whole thing you can go just to one movie you can go to, you know buy tickets individually you can do packages you can do badges you can kind of experience this however you want like if you want to dive into the deep end and see every movie uh, that you possibly can, which you won't be able to see every movie because they overlap and things, but you can go full in and it's affordable. It's close. Um, there's a lot of time in between movies to actually eat. Like, and there's some nice restaurants around the area. I think this festival is a really well put together, well scheduled, um, experience. Now it's not as hectic or as, uh, I would say festival-like as South by Southwest, in my opinion. South by Southwest is huge. There's music and other stuff going on, too. This is a film festival, um, but it, it does heavily focus on the festival and like experiencing this kind of sense of community that you get in Orlando. I don't know, Sean, if you have anything to add to that kind of idea. Yeah, I love the venues, too. Both very nice places. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Indian Theater is actually probably my favorite theatrical experience I've ever been to. Because wow. it's so unique with it, the yeah. style and the fact that they show these films that you wouldn't really otherwise get to see. Yeah, it is one of the only true art house theaters in the area. Um, and I like to, uh, I call it the hipster mugs and movies um, <laughs> with a sense of endearing uh, element. Like, it is very much a mugs and movies. Um, you know, you order real food, some really good food, in fact. And that's why yeah, I call it hipster. Yeah, and that's where the hipster part comes for me, is that the food is like, like they have normal food you would think like almost like Adam Muggs and movies, you know, like pretzel bites, but they have like fancy pretzels with like a rosemary, honey mustard, Dijon, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore, but <laughs> it's it's much fancier than what you would expect from like a Muggs and movies type of experience, and it's uh, really, and it's affordable too, it's not over, it's not overpriced, I would say it's cheaper than most concessions at other movie theaters, um, by, for, yeah, in terms of what you get, like, because you're getting a hamburger and French fries for like ten bucks or eleven bucks or whatever it is, and it's and it's delicious. It's as if you went to a nice gourmet restaurant. Um, they have you know good coffee, which I I don't drink, uh, much, but they do sell beer and wine and things like that. So if that's uh, your cup of tea, you can schedule your whole festival at the Indian if you want to, 
But over at the Winter Park Regal, which is one of my favorite Regal theaters, um, all recliner seats, and uh, you can go and you know kick back there all day. You can, or you can go back and forth. They're only I don't know five minutes apart. Um, the NZ and parking gets kind of brutal, but otherwise, uh, it's it's not too bad. You can go to b- back and forth to each. Um, both have restaurants nearby that you can get food. Or of course, if you're at the NZ, you can just eat at the NZ. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really good festival experience. And what we're going to do on this podcast is um, we're going to talk about the four bigger movies that are going to be playing at the festival this year. Real quick, we're just going to touch on them. You've probably heard about them. If you follow like Sundance or South By, these movies may have already popped up there. Some have appeared at both. Um, I've actually seen two of the four uh, that are going to be at Florida Festival. Um, and then Sean and I have picked five movies that we're going to talk a little more in depth about that we're excited to try to see at this year's Florida Film Festival. And that is the 2018 Florida Film Festival, April 6th through April 15th. Again, just to remind you of those dates, um, you can go to the FloridaFilmFestival.com, I believe is the web address. And there's also an app, which I am impressed with. I don't know if yeah, you've... Yeah, the app, app's really good. It yeah. started out, there were a couple of bugs, but in the past few weeks... They've really smoothed it out, and it's really nice. You can go onto the app and build your own schedule of mm-hmm. what you're watching, and it's really nice, very interactive. It it really it is. Organized. Like I yeah. use the South by Southwest app a lot um, while I was at South by, and this app is superior to me. And now they don't have as much going on because the South by app was trying yeah. to do everything. Um, but just like the look of the schedule and the ability to change the times with the little slider. It's really, really nice. It and also links you to synopses and trailers. And trailers. Yeah. Anything that those are available for, which is really nice. It is. Um, I, I really am impressed. So if you're just wanting to see what's there, you can hit the app up. Uh, it's on both Android and iOS, I know, because I have Android and Sean has iOS. So um, no question. But let's talk about these big four movies. Um, I have first on my list is American Animals, which is the opening night film. Uh, for the festival, and that is great. Um, I got to see this at South by Southwest. Uh, it stars Evan Peters and the guy whose name I always forget. Um, Which Bar- one? Barry Keoghan. Oh, it's also got Blake Jenner, who's yes. the guy from uh, Everybody Wants Them. And um, it's, uh, 17 again. Edge of 17. Sorry, Edge of 17. Yeah. Not 17 again. Different movie. Um, <laughs> very different. Movie. Very different movie. Uh, but... Um, I, I really, I went into American Animals at the Florida Film Festival, no, I'm sorry, at South by Southwest, uh, just knowing that it had a big buzz from Sundance. I didn't know who was in it. I didn't really know what it was about. Like, I knew the basic premise, um, that it's based on a true crime story that you've never heard of, like an American true crime story. Um, but the word true crime is, is questionable. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, the way it's made is really interesting because it's, you have actual like documentary style interviews with the real people. And then we cut to um, what's essentially illustrations of the story they're telling with the actors playing them as younger uh, characters. And it's, it goes back and forth between the two and sometimes they'll integrate things in. It's really innovative uh, cinematically with how they tell the story. I I had a great time with it, but there is a downside of this. I really desperately wanted to see this one, but it's a little cost prohibitive is the only thing. Mm-hmm. because like it's you have to go to the opening night party as well or at least which, you have to buy the ticket for it <laughs> yeah, you have to buy the ticket for the opening night party as well and that by itself is a great value if you're one who goes to parties often and i'm more the film person and mm-hmm. not so Me much too. the parties 
So for me, I just I don't really see myself spending that much money to see one movie, whereas I could spend that much money and see fourteen other movies. Yeah, for that price. and that's the downside. Um, it is if you really want to see that film, uh, you are investing in the the whole opening night experience. Which again, if you've never done a festival and or you're into those types of big um, parties, then hey. More power yeah, to you. Well, Go for it. They have a lot of local uh, restaurants, businesses, and breweries that are going to be there giving out samples. And I think your um, wristband that you get for the party covers all of those things. So it's a really good deal if that's your kind of scene. Yeah, if you're up for that. Because it's going to be a late evening, too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. Because I think the movie's at 7.30 or something. And so something like that. it's a two-hour movie, I think. And then your party... Is probably going to start around nine or ten, and it's in Orlando. Like if you're in that area and you're going to be safe and smart, it's probably fine. I, it's to me, it's too much, but and also it's way too much for a movie I got to see already. Um, definitely not going to pay that kind of money. I am not a party person. Uh, I'm, you know, I get very uncomfortable. If I had like a group of friends wanting to go to the party, maybe I would shell out that kind of money. But and again, that's not an insult to the festival. It's just the reality of I think our situations it's not an appealing uh, purchase for us, but it is available if you're interested in that kind of thing. Um, the next one, the next big one is lean on Pete. Uh, it's an a 24 film, um, which I am. I've, if you've listened to my, sh- uh, the podcast, or if you've read any of my reviews, I tend to be a big fan of the, this production company. They've, they keep picking movies that I absolutely love. Yeah. A 24 uh, is one of the best independent distributors that is on the scene right now. Yeah, because I mean they won Best Picture with Moonlight, and in my opinion, they came close to winning last year with Lady Bird. Yes. So, and they won with uh, Room uh, two years before that, if I'm not mistaken. They won uh, Best Actress. Best Room. Actress. I keep doing that. Room didn't win. Uh, Spotlight won. But yes, I'm sorry. Best Actress with uh, Brie Larson for Room. Um, they've been in the talks basically every year though for uh, um, the Academy Awards. There, there is at least one, if not multiple, movies in the awards categories from a 24 and um and same thing with festivals they are doing really really well with their their picks at festivals and lean on pete is one that we've got here um stars charlie Plummer, who's a very new actor he was in um all the money in the world last yeah, year he really impressed me in that movie and yeah so seeing him along with uh steve buscemi who's mm-hmm. the next name on the cast yep I would have seen anything with them in it, and it's got a pretty decent premise too. So, yeah, and I've it's I'm generally, and this has become kind of a thing. I am not usually a fan of movies featuring horses. Um, that's a weird thing, I know, but it's just something I don't know what it is. I don't, I'm not interested in those. This movie has me interested. Um, I actually am really sad I didn't get to see this at South by Southwest because it kept getting um, packed out and. I was thinking, oh, no big deal. I'll get a chance to see a screener uh, with A24 because that's another thing I love about them is they actually are good about letting young critics into um, the screenings and stuff. But unfortunately, both of them were in the morning and I have a day job. So uh, it looks like I'm going to have to wait till this gets out in regular release. And that could be a nightmare because unfortunately, A24 films don't always go wide. Um, yeah, that's kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah, especially for the ones that are really good. Although Green Room and The Lobster and Swiss Army Man all had pretty wide releases, Lady Bird took a little while, but she you know did get a wide release finally. Um, 
But so yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But Lean on Pete is at our festival this year. I'm going to try to see it. Um, it's playing at a couple of different. No, it's only playing one day. I think right. Uh, yeah. The Saturday. Sunday, it's uh, six thirty on Saturday the seventh. And that's one that if you really want to see it, it's definitely uh, uh, advisable to go ahead and buy your ticket in advance for that one because it is. It's got a lot of buzz coming in, so I would expect that to be a packed house. Yeah, that one I've already got my ticket for. Yeah. Uh, there's no way I was going to miss that one. That's probably the biggest name there apart from uh, American Animals. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely wanted to see that one. Well, the next one I got to see at South by Southwest, and I think it's one of the best documentaries I've seen. Um and it's, uh, it got a lot of buzz at Sundance. It got a lot of buzz at South by Southwest. And it is the documentary about Mr. Rogers called Won't You Be My Neighbor. Um, I This is actually the film that I'm most excited for at the Florida oh, Film wow. Festival. This because I'm really interested in it. I've not watched the TV show. Ah. But I really think it's got a great premise. And I've heard great things from a lot of critics including you yeah so. well and yeah and my um my review is up at burkreviews.com for uh won't you be my neighbor and american animals um because i saw those at south by and won't you be my neighbor um i think 90 percent of the theater was in tears uh of joy um throughout the film because it's such a heartwarming movie and also then there's some tears of sadness when you realize how cynical and negative the world seems to feel right now in comparison to what fred rogers was trying to do and if you get a chance to see won't you be my neighbor i highly recommend it there are two screenings um one is uh april 11th which i think is the wednesday yeah it's a wednesday um at 6 30 at the regal uh, theater and then on um april 14th which is the second saturday of the festival at enzian at 11 a.m though so it's an early it's like the wake up movie um, yeah, I'll be hitting that one up on the second Saturday at 11. And the amount of buzz this, that film has, I highly recommend buying a ticket in advance for that one. I know you probably already have. Yeah, that's one of the ones I already have my ticket for, too. And honestly, um, even though I already saw this one, I kind of want to see it again because I really, really loved it. Uh, I, I don't know that I've ever felt so happy watching a documentary. And I liked, I'm not like anti-documentaries, um, but this particular one just really... Man, it just felt so good. Like everything about it, it, it looks Something great. Something I've noticed this year, though, with the mm-hmm. festival, is that my schedule is very documentary heavy. Like I've got like three or four documentaries this year. Yeah. Whereas last year I only watched one. I think I saw three last year. Um, because I, I know I saw the one about the sleeping disorder, or it's not a sleeping disorder, but the one unrest. I think is what mm-hmm. it was called. Um, and then I saw the one about the, the asian tourist that ended up following around a oh, homeless I am kid another you. yes and that one was really interesting i think i saw a third one step oh yeah and step was amazing um yeah yeah so i, I saw three last year i saw i think i saw four documentaries at south by maybe but then i watched two screener documentaries so i might have saw six or five or six um yeah. and i but I usually lean towards features mm-hmm. at festivals when I get the chance, but this year there were just some really strong documentaries that caught my eye. Yeah, I, I am the same. I and I again I like documentaries, but I have to generally really be interested in the subject matter to invest my time with them, um, and that's not always the case. And a lot of the docs this year have like a sexual 
bend to them. Like there's one that looks like it's about uh, vibrators, and then one about ask the sexpert. Um, that one actually looks really funny to me, though, because yeah. it's like um, like a columnist for a newspaper, mm. and oh, so sense. it's uh, I forget the name, but it's like the relationship expert. They, yeah, like uh, Dear Abby and that kind yeah, of thing. That type of thing. And so I feel like that looks really funny. Okay, we'll see. Yeah. A clip link to it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That actually does sound more appealing than I initially would have thought. But, um, all right. The last big movie, and it's the one that I'm actually, I think both of us are planning to see, um, is Tully. And yeah. the reason I'm in on this one, uh, I mean, it stars Charlize Theron, who I am a big fan of. Um, I've also become kind of a big fan of Mark Duplass um, over the last couple of months. The Duplass brothers. Yeah, and um, but the bigger pull for me is the director-writer combo of Diablo Cody and Jason Reitman reuniting after their successful 2007 film Juno, which is one of my favorite coming-of-age stories. Um, And I like Juno a lot too. I actually prefer um, young adult to Juno though. Which I've not seen, and I've I've been eyeballing because I think it's on Amazon Prime right now. Um, is that Cody or Reitman? That's Reitman. Okay, and that's Charlize Theron though too. Yes. Yeah, I need to watch and that so one because of that combo. I immediately knew that I wanted to see it, and it looks really interesting. Um, it, it looks you know like a interesting study of being a mother and what motherhood is and. Um, I'm sure I don't know much about Diablo Cody outside of her, her story before she wrote Juno. Um, so I don't know if since then she's become a mother or she was already a mother then. I'm not sure, but I am intrigued by the premise too. Uh, and Mackenzie Davis is playing the titular character of Tully. Um, I don't know if you haven't seen the trailer for it. I do recommend checking it out. Uh, I've been seeing it in front of a lot of things though at the regular theater. And this is one of the movies I'm like excited for, for the year. Yeah. Well, they also recently pushed back the release date um, mm. to earlier in May instead of later in April because of the whole Avengers switch up, trying uh, to avoid the massacre that will be Infinity War at the yeah. box office. Yeah, good call. <laughs> so, yeah, like every movie that was supposed to come out that weekend has now either switched up a week or switched back a week. That's that's the right call. I mean... Um, we do for the, our top five movies, which is a part of the Burke Reviews movie cast uh, pantheon, um, we do a fantasy uh, summer draft where we draft the summer movies and there's this whole point system. And we're actually starting early because of the Avengers because we're I, – I think it's kind of nonsense that it's not in May because we May's already not summer. Yeah, that's when summer movies start by all accounts. Like Entertainment Weekly has summer movies from May to uh, the end of August and whatnot. Well, I mean, if you think about it, even like in years past, the Fast and the Furious movies have been coming out in April. Yeah. Like the last week of April or so. And so they're they're doing a good job of instead releasing big movies year round instead of at like one month. Which is... A good idea, but it is sad that, um, I don't know, this might be the last year we can call it the summer movie. We might just have to do, like, a movie fantasy draft year-round, <laughs> but uh, we, we are including Avengers in our summer draft, despite it being now April 27th, I believe, instead of whatever the original May date was, so, um, but yeah, we're counting that. That that one movie is included in the summer draft, and uh, Tully is on the potential list i mean we haven't drafted yet but it is um tully's a summer movie now so 
I, I love to believe it's going to have the same success that Juno found at the box office because Juno did hit like 140 million or something in the box office. So it would be great if it did. Yeah. And but we're hopefully going to get to see it here at the festival. Unfortunately, it only has one screening and it is a Monday. Um, at like nine, nine or nine thirty, I think. Yeah, it's so. nine thirty at night on a Monday. Yeah, so kind of so brutal. It was really weird scheduling for what is one of the biggest movies at the festival. Yeah, and I'm not sure. Sh- you know, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes or anything like that. We're not criticizing. It does make it hard if you have a day job or if you're still a student um, to go see a movie at nine thirty in Orlando, mind you. So for us, that's about an hour drive. Um, if there's traffic, hour twenty minutes, and then. Uh, you know, assume it's an hour and a half to two hour movie, so you're not getting out of the theater till eleven thirty. It's it's gonna be a late night. Um, but one that I'm I'm willing to sacrifice some sleep in order to see because it's a movie yeah. I really do want to see. So, all right. From this point on in the podcast, no, there's no spoilers or anything. We don't have any information of these movies. We're just gonna go back and forth of the five movies that we've picked to discuss. Uh, give a little bit of a synopsis, maybe as to why we've picked them. Uh, what's interesting ab- about them to us, and um, and then once we're done with that, we'll conclude the podcast. So, Sean, I'm gonna let you start. Uh, you can pick any of the five movies that you've selected, and you know, tell us what it is and why you're interested in it. So, uh, the first movie I'm gonna discuss is uh, Three Identical Strangers. It's a documentary. I think it's showing on Saturday the 14th at 5 p.m. and Wednesday the 11th at 8:45 p.m. and it looks really interesting to me it actually debuted at sundance and it's about three people who are complete strangers but then they realize that they're actual uh, actually identical twins and it goes kind of into how they've adjusted to each other and um how they were separated which is like supposedly a mystery which mm. is really intriguing and I've heard great things out of Sundance and South by, and it looks really great to me. There's not a trailer available, but it was picked up by Neon for distribution for a pretty big deal, if I remember correctly. So I Which, think that shows a lot of promise. I think they've got a couple of um, documentaries this year, and Neon did uh, Ingrid Goes West last year, and I think they oh, are... Awesome. Oh, and they also did Colossal. That's right. And, and Itanya. Oh, wow. I didn't realize they had Itanya, yeah. too. Wow, they had a big year last year. They kind of came out of nowhere. Um, well, they're a really new startup, too. I and, think last year was their first year. And I think they're connected to Alamo Drafthouse, if I'm not mistaken, um, somehow. I think like one of the owners from Drafthouse started Neon or something like that. There is some kind of connection to the Drafthouse, um, or at least someone from the Drafthouse at some point, but... I don't think I'm wrong, but oh well. Um, yeah, I kind of was gonna. I kind of skipped this one when I first saw it, and uh, you kind of reminded me about what it was, and so I'm much more interested in it now. I am hoping to get to see uh, Three Identical Strangers on that Saturday because it's playing on Wednesday and Saturday. Yeah, that Saturday is when I will be going to see that one. I already had my ticket for this one too because it is. Uh, it's got a lot of buzz out of the earlier festivals. Mm-hmm. So, and being on a Saturday, I was kind of worried about this one. So this is one of the ones I kind of picked up early. Yeah, I, I, that's a good idea. Um, and again, we said uh, we're both not going to be able to go every day, and that um, Sean's going to be able to go one more day than I am. My daughter's birthday, 14th birthday, is that weekend. 
that it starts. Um, so we're having like a celebration on that Sunday, which limits my options. But um, I'm going to start with the documentary too. Uh, I am a rock musician from way back, um, and so whenever there's a music uh, documentary, I'm I'm usually inclined to some capacity. Uh, but a lot of times, the music documentaries that that I see at festivals are like jazz musicians. And no offense to jazz, it's just not where I find my connection with music. I've always been more... You don't more... like jazz? I mean, what? I'm not saying I don't. I'm just saying, like, I appreciate jazz. I just don't listen to it. And so I'm not always interested in hearing about, like, a, a jazz musician from 1955 that I've never heard of, nor will I ever listen to. But I am uh, into, like, hard rock music and rock music. And The Godfathers of Hardcore is the documentary um, that's going to be at... Uh, two days uh april 7th which is what i'm planning on seeing it and april 13th um for the florida film festival and it is about um the band agnostic front which was a new york hardcore band and um it looks like a really you know interesting look at their career like a retrospective but also um the effects the music's had on the uh, the performers and they're still performing now they've been doing this for like 40 years and there's there's a there's a family drama element there is a trailer for this film um, that looks really compelling. Uh, you kind of get into who these guys are, like what it is to be hardcore. Um, they are, they kind of have this old school like mentality of New York and they're not, they're not really thrilled with the, uh, the changes that have been made to the city and you get that vibe just from the trailer. So I, I'm, I'm intrigued to kind of see how it plays out. It is a late screening on the Saturday. It's at nine o'clock, but, um, it's a documentary that really is up my alley. And so it's, it's on my list to, uh, to check it out. Yeah, I'm considering adding this one because um, it fits into my schedule and it's better than the other options. Yeah, but I'm on the other end of the hardcore music as you. I'm not a huge fan mm-hmm. of hardcore metal, and so I don't think that that's something I would enjoy as much. Yeah, so I might I might sit that one out. And I, I get that. It, it it's definitely a music that I think is polarizing. I think you either get into hardcore stuff or it makes you want to run in the other direction you know (laughs) like it's um it is very much it's either your thing or it's not i've always found a connection with um aggressive edgy type music uh you know my bands were not as edgy as i kind of always wanted them to be i just could never find musicians in my immediate area that were as heavy as i wanted to play um or they were either too heavy where i like i didn't want to be like death metal or like where it was just nothing but growling the whole time um or not heavy enough where we were a little more alternative or a little more um regular rock and while I don't mind that I wasn't I never found like exactly what I wanted with my sound um but uh I I do like I'm not a huge I wouldn't say I'm a fan of hardcore I think the genre that this movie's going to look at is something that I'm a little more on the outskirts of but it's in the same vein of what I like so I'm in. I'm in for sure. I'm definitely going to make an effort to see that movie. Unless for some reason I am like dead tired at nine o'clock and just don't want to drive home at midnight, you know, but, um, all right, let's go back to you. The next movie we're going to discuss is also a music movie. It's a hearts beat loud. Yes. It's uh, directed by Brett Haley who did the hero, which was a film. It was the opening night film at last year's Florida film. Festival. Oh, okay, great. I didn't end up going to see it as the opening night film. I saw it during yeah. the theatrical release, and I really enjoyed it. And it also stars Nick Offerman, who I absolutely love mm-hmm. from Parks and Rec. And so 
it's about a record store owner whose daughter starts a band who hits like gets a one hit wonder and it sounds really funny there's not a trailer yet but based on the cast and the premise alone and the director i was in um this is playing twice it's playing at 6.30 on Monday the 9th and 4.15 on Saturday the 14th. And I'll be going on Monday the 9th before Teller. Yeah, that, that kind of works out best for me. Um, I I didn't get to see this at South By. And they only had like one screening, I think, at South By. And it was just conflicting with something else I was already seeing or something. And I was really disappointed because I love Nick Offerman. And I'm a musician, as I said. So I, I tend to uh, really connect with... Um, narrative stories about musicians. Um, some of my favorite films are in that that vein. I didn't see Tony Collette was listed as a, a co-star in this, and that makes me even more want to see this. I'm a huge fan of hers. Uh, she almost always does a terrific job in everything I've seen her in. So um, I'm planning on the Monday night as well because I'm, if I'm going to drive out to see Tully, I do want to make my drive worth it. Um, so you know, hitting this up and then hitting Tully up uh, seems like a good Definitely. combination. Um, I really hope I can get into this without buying a ticket. Uh, I am, yeah, I, I'm a member of the press. Um, we get in last, kind of. So I have to. I'm kind of hedging my bets here. I'm hoping that it's not going to be too crowded, um, and I'm going to have a seat. But uh, I definitely want to check this one out. Um, and again, I, 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 the other thing, what makes me want to connect to this, I, my daughter is starting high school. And I, if, again, if you listen to the podcast, I've probably talked about this way too many times at this point, but um, I, I am very excited uh, of the premise of it being him and his daughter, like making that connection. My daughter actually just started playing guitar. Um, oh, wow. So, so I'm like really connected to the story because of that. Uh, we're not a band or anything like that, but we are, you know, <laughs> playing together on occasion. I'm trying to get her interested a little more. It was her idea. I didn't like make her play guitar. She just asked, Hey, can I, can I learn how to play guitar? I was like, uh, yes, I've been waiting 13 years for you to ask me that question. Um, so yeah, I, I have a lot of reasons to be invested in this film. So I'm, I'm really hoping yeah, it's great. I think this one will be good. And I feel like the, uh, the Saturday showtime has more of a chance of selling out, but yeah. because this one works on, works on my schedule on Monday and it conflicts with some other stuff on Saturday. I'm definitely going to be seeing it on that Monday. Yeah, and I, I like that if I go that Monday and it ends up being where I can't get in for some reason, um, I could always buy a ticket for Saturday, like right then, and make sure I have it locked in on Saturday. So I like having that backup option too. Although my my hundred percent plan is seeing it on that Monday, but if something goes wrong where I just can't, at least I have that Saturday as a backup um, to try to catch it. Yeah, that's not the case with uh, some other movies that are only shown once. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, I got to say, uh, Locating Silver Lake is my next movie. And I was, I'm was i not a big Josh Peck fan. Like, I didn't... Uh, Drake and Josh was... I was too old for that show when it came out, so I didn't have any connection to Drake and Josh. Um, I've only seen Josh Peck in a couple of small roles. I don't think I've seen him uh, lead in anything. I still haven't watched the remake of Red Dawn that he's in. Um, I did not watch I his show with John Stamos. Dawn, mm-hmm. But I don't remember much of it anymore. It but was not great. I gotta say, man, this I just watched the trailer for this before we recorded, and I was sold like heavy on this uh, from the trailer. It is, you know, guys just graduating college. He's moving to LA to be a writer. His girlfriend breaks up with him, so his plans have all changed. He meets Finn Whitrock's character. 
um, who I I'm a fan of from American Horror Story, okay. and I be, I think he Jim was Boy in. Rock is my main draw for this one because ah. of uh, American Horror Story, La La Land. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a great actor, and I think he was in a uh, Big Short. Um, yeah, and yeah, I like him a lot. Although his character in this seems a little manic pixie dream girl. Uh, which is interesting because he's not a girl, first of all. But there is like this manic element to his character, where he's like, you know, spewing about chaos and like let things live, and um, it's compelling. But it also is like, ooh, I hope he doesn't go too into the skid with it. You know, like it, it feels a little big in the trailer, but that could be a lot of fun. So I'm not, I'm not criticizing. Just something I noticed when I watched the trailer. But um, I was already planning on seeing this, but when I watched the trailer, I was a hundred percent sold that it's uh, up my alley. And it's something that I want to check out. So that's Locating Silver Lake. Um, that is going to be screening on April 7th um, and April 13th. Uh, 7th at 6.15. And, and that is conflicting with Lean on Pete. Yeah, that's the only reason I won't be catching this one, sadly. It's because of Lean on Pete. Yep. I'm going to be going for Lean on Pete, I think. I, I am expecting to not get into Lean on Pete because I am planning on using my press credentials. And I know that one's going to sell out. So I'm looking at this one as my, hey, most people are going to be going to see Lean on Pete. So this one should yeah. be easy to get into. Um, but I also really want to see it. Um, I, I don't know that this one has distribution or not yet, and so that's the other thing, too. I don't think it does have distribution yet. And this might be the only... I got to see uh, two movies last year at our Florida Film Festival that I absolutely love that still don't... Well, one just got distribution, um, which is uh, Pushing Dead. In fact, it should be on VOD in April. Um, but the other one is Katie Says Goodbye uh, with Olivia Cook, I believe, from Me and Earl and the Dying Girl and now Ready Player One yeah. and Thoroughbreds. Um, and she was so terrific in that movie, and I, I haven't heard anything about it since I saw it last year, and it really devastates me because I thought it was such a good movie, a tough movie, but such a good film, and it's not going to be seen by enough people. And so um, while I'm sad that more people won't get to see it, I also have that little bit of here's a movie that I love that you've never heard of. you know, And yeah. it, it seems like this movie, Locating Silver Lake, could be that type of movie. Um, I, I, with the names attached to it, I would be shocked if they don't get some level of distribution, at least like VOD or something. But, um, but yeah, I, I do like the idea of seeing something that maybe other people won't know about for a long time. So, and it's possible I switch out my ticket for Lean on Pete to see Locating Silver Lake, but then it also overlaps with another movie that I kind of wanted to see ah. that went in before. So, got it. It be a risk yeah well i don't fault you for that because i i do want to see leon and pete but since i'm my plan is to use my press pass i am expecting to not be allowed in for leon and pete so yeah and they and to be fair they gave two opportunities for press to see that already and i've just not been able to get to either one um because it was during the day so like I, they've given press a lot of opportunities to see it so i don't blame them uh, in this case, for like me not being able to get in as a press member because like they they gave you chances, you just haven't been able to uh, to do it. But um, what's your next movie, Sean? Uh, my next movie is Say You Will. Uh, it's showing on Sunday the eighth at one thirty or the eleventh at four thirty, and it's one of the ones that I'm taking more of a shot in the dark. Uh, it's not got a huge. Uh, name attached to it really not at all it's just really a coming of age story that's got some music in it and i think it'll be something that i like and because of that it's kind of my let's see something indie Mm -hmm. that i wouldn't get to see anywhere else last year 
some of those risks didn't really pay off. Yeah. But this year, I'm hoping it will because this one looks really strong. Yeah, we we had a couple of bad picks. Uh, only one I think we saw together, but I think we both had another pick somewhere that was not to our liking, unfortunately. Um, but this movie, uh, if I think I'm going to have to miss, and I'm really devastated because I actually, uh, again, there's this connection with movies in this movie where like the characters seem to bond over music and movies, and then um, Catherine Hughes wasn't me and Earl and the Dying Girl. I think she was the girl that uh, Greg has a crush on, um, yeah. and so. You know, she was good in that movie. She's not a major character in that film, but she does have a couple of big scenes, and I thought she did uh, well with that those moments. And then the kid, um, the boy, is from Boardwalk Empire. So yeah, and I don't watch Boardwalk Empire, so that's why I'm not familiar. Yeah, with him. me either. But I am. I'm aware of the show is supposed to be really good, so you know, give some credibility to his his ability, but. Um, I really do want to see this. I'm, I'm hoping there's some way I can squeeze this in. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately, but I really, really do want to see it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's not going to work out for me because it's my daughter's birthday celebration and, um, you know, it is what it is, but say you will, does seem compelling. So, uh, if you're looking to go on the Sunday, um, that's at one thirty, and I, I, it sounds interesting, especially if you, I'm a fan of coming of age stories, so I tend to, to put those high on my list. So yeah, um, if you're into that, then I say, give that one a go. All right. Um, next up for me is one kind of similar. This is a shot in the dark type of film where I don't know much about it. There's no, um, Oh, I actually just got kind of turned off of this movie <laughs> as we're, we're sitting here talking. Oh, I got turned back on. Uh, so um, I I was a big fan of Big Bang Theory. Don't hate me. Don't hate me, at, at listeners. Um, for a long time, uh, I found it very funny. I I like sitcoms in general. I I like to. They're like my comfort food of of entertainment. I like to just throw them on, and I can do every. I can work. I can you know continue doing other things while the sitcoms are on, and get an occasional chuckle. That's how I approach sitcoms. And so I am a fan of Jim Parsons. He hasn't got a lot of opportunities to be a lead. And it looks like he's one of the leads in this. Um, I like Jim Parsons outside of Big Bang Theory. Like, I'm not a fan of Big Bang Theory, personally. Mm-hmm. But, like, his role in Hidden Figures yes. was really solid. Yeah. And so I'm going to be seeing this one, too, because of him. And the other star is Octavia Spencer, who is wonderful yes. in everything that she's in. And the thing that I said turned me off of this movie was I noticed Claire Danes, and I am not a Claire Danes fan. Um, I am actually, I would say I am like the counter Claire Danes fan, where I constantly try to convince people she's not a good actress. Um, And she has good moments. But if you saw Romeo plus Juliet, (laughs) uh, she has a crying sequence at the end of that movie that I think is one of the worst examples of on-screen crying in film history. And she repeats that crying performance in Igby Goes Down um, with uh, Kieran Culkin. It's one of Kieran Culkin's only leading roles, and it's a really good movie, except when she cries. And so seeing her in this movie did kind of make, ugh, I'm not really a fan of hers. And again, it's not that she ruins movies for me. I I generally don't dislike her. Um, I like her a lot in Home for the Holidays, but she has a really small part in that movie. Um, But I am a big enough fan of Octavia Spencer and Jim Parsons to... Go still go see this one. I am wondering how big of a role Claire Danes has though, because it looks like it's big. It looks like they're the married couple in this movie. <laughs> so oh, wow. 
So that yeah. ki- that kind of hurts me a little, but <laughs> I don't know. This one looks like it could be really funny, mm-hmm. and because of that in the cast, I um I also bought this ticket already ah. because it's on Saturday, and I think this one will be packed. So, I I am a little concerned with the uh, overlap though from Identical Strangers, the three Identical Strangers, because that starts at five and this movie starts at six forty-five. Yeah, three identicals like an hour and a half, so it's back to back. Like you're jumping, and you're at Regal, so yeah, that's not too bad. Um, they're both at Regal, so that helps. Um, but uh, a kid like Jake is on April twelfth, the Thursday at four fifteen, and then Saturday at six forty five. So you got um two options to see that film as well. Uh, what's your next film, Sean? Uh, my next film is RBG, uh, the documentary about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. This is actually a movie I've already seen. Uh, ah. Because I saw it at another festival as well that I went to. Um, but it's actually one of my favorite movies of the year so far. And that's because it's just an amazing documentary. It's hmm. informative and it's hilarious. And it's some of the best time I've had at the movie this year. Because it's hilarious how they evaluate her as a cultural icon. And the film's really unique because it goes into her like political career, which is what you would expect, but it yeah. also goes into her notorious RBG phase. So that's a yeah. that's a movie that I recommend that you check out if you get the chance. That was definitely one that when I was skimming, I just skipped over, and your praise has made me second guess myself. So I might have to go back and see if I can squeeze that one in or not. Um. My next film is on the Saturday, the first Saturday of the festival, April 7th. It also is on April 10th at 9.15, and it's called Savage Youth. Um, it's another music-inspired uh, film, but one that I am so unsure of as to what if it's real or not. It's called Horrorcore like, Hip Hop. Um, it I, looks so unique mm-hmm. that it caught my eye. It looks almost like it's going to be an avant-garde film. Yeah, that and... and like it kind of reminds me of uh, last year they had a movie called Manifesto mm-hmm. that played at the festival and I kind of just picked that one on a whim and this one I kind of picked on a whim too because it just looks different and so it deals with drugs, broken hearts, horrorcore hip hop which again I didn't know was a thing um, and it's a tragically compelling film about the powder keg between adolescence and adulthood. I haven't read much of the synopsis on any of the other films, but I could not resist with that one um, because it's it just the even the the picture like for the movie is so weird because it's like a normal looking person with this weird like fake mouth mask on. And it's creepy looking and it's it's kind of makes me nervous just to look at it. Um, and that makes me want to see it, I think, a little more even, you know, like yeah. like it's so weird um and they have a trailer for this one too mm-hmm. that's really not much of a trailer because it's just a bunch of random clips put together from the movie got it that's very unsettling but also very intriguing and yeah. so it, this it's one, the summary makes it sound like there is a narrative through line, but I, I am wondering how like traditional the narrative will play out or if it's going to be more avant-garde and just kind of like have a more like vignettes or something like, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. And from what I've read on it, because I've read the synopsis a few times, I'm thinking it's almost going to be like an anthology film. Yeah. Yeah. Like you get like a little vignette of this scene and then you go to this, this group of people and then maybe they're all interconnected in some bigger idea or like maybe just in the city. 
um it's it, it's I don't know, man. It's a puzzle box just going into the movie, which is kind of interesting. You know, you don't get to do that very often. Uh, in a world where we see the trailers to films months in advance and over and over and over again. Like, when we saw the first trailer for A Quiet Place, it was so in- intriguing because I'm like, what's happening? And then now, like, I feel like I already know half of the story from the new trailers that are come out, you know? Yeah. And it's it's kind of disappointing because I was, was going to see it just from the initial teaser. Like, just the idea of, like, oh, a horror movie that's built around noise. That's interesting. Um, and then they're just like, Hey, well, well, we'll give you more of the story. It's like, Oh, but I was already coming. <laughs> like, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, there you go. But, um, what's your last movie? Cause your last movie has actually got me very intrigued. Um, uh, my last movie is board versus McEnroe. Uh, another one that I've already seen at another festival. Ah. I really liked it a lot. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's a tennis movie about the two famous tennis players, uh, Bjorn Berg and uh, John McEnroe mm-hmm. and their rivalry and the main reason I saw it already was because Shia LaBeouf is the actor that plays John McEnroe and ever since he kind of went off the deep end when he was accused of plagiarism Shia LaBeouf's performances have been really strong surprisingly like in Fury I thought he was like the best part of that movie so still have not uh, watched that <laughs> I thought that he was really good in the movie. It's a really well shot film. It's not perfect. It's got the issues that most biopics have. And, but that's okay because it's entertaining. Um, I actually thought it was better than last year's movie battle of the sexes. That was Mm. another tennis movie. Yep. Um, I enjoyed it more. I thought it was funnier. Um, the only thing that I think could hold people back from this one is that I think it does get released on video on demand during the festival. Ah, so you could just stay at home and watch it instead of paying for the theater. But folks, if you're going to a film festival, you probably appreciate the theater experience, right? And there is nothing compared to seeing it on the big screen, in my opinion. Like if I can see a movie on the big screen, that's probably where I'm going to see it, um, I guess there are exceptions where if, if it's a movie I'm not that interested in, like I'm mainly interested in this because of Shia LaBeouf, because he is yeah. an oddity. I mean, he is himself a mystery box of a person. You never know what you're going to get from him. And um, yeah, so I, I'm intrigued for that reason. I am familiar with, I'm actually much more familiar with John McEnroe than I am with almost any other tennis player because of his yeah. legendary attitude. Um, who is, is, um, uh, LaBeouf playing McEnroe or Borg? LaBeouf is playing McEnroe. So yeah, that makes me really interested because... Yeah, uh, he nails it. Like, he honestly nails it. McEnroe is why the movie is rated R. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's funny, though, the way he pulls it off. And yeah. he like, embodies the character. I'm intrigued by that film. I might... Uh, that one's on a Sunday, though, right? I think it plays twice. Oh. Um... Yeah. So yeah, I think it plays the first week and the second week. I'll have to check that. Okay, I'm gonna pull it up. All right. Well, while he's looking that up, I'm gonna go to my last movie, and I did pick one that I don't think I'm gonna get to see, but I want to uh, discuss because I know a lot of people in this area, in our Florida area, are big fans of the podcast Tom and Dan, and they have a uh, mediocre documentary with Tom and Dan um, playing at our festival this year. It's playing on the last Sunday of the festival at 4:45. Um, it is, I guess, a noted in the title. It's a documentary, and uh, I guess they call their fans T and D's scumbags. I am not a fan, but I do have uh, several friends that are big fans of these guys. Um, Tom Van was 
formerly former Drunky the Bear and Daniel Dennis, former the Monsters in the Morning uh, radio show. Um, they were working for a radio show. They started their podcast, and this documentary is supposed to kind of just like showcase what they do, like their lives as these podcasters, how they kind of built this uh, local empire where they have a huge fan support. And so I'm intrigued by it. And I really do want to see it. I I think I'm going to have some conflicting things happening on that Sunday. And the other thing, there's that's really the only movie on Sunday that interests me um, on that last Sunday, which is weird. Um, they I don't know what the closing film is this year. At at like nine, they do a, it's uh, a shadow of a doubt. It's an Alfred Hitchcock movie. See, I would totally go to that, but it's so late by the time I yeah. get home on a Sunday night. Plus, I'm later that week. I'm going to Tribeca, so I can't like take a day off to recoup from the drive. So I'm just gonna probably end up skipping that last Sunday, which disappoints me because that's not what I want to do. But I have some other engagements, and I don't think I think it'll all overlap too much. It definitely will. I'm looking at the time. It, it's only airing on, or it's only playing Sunday, April 15th at 4:45. But if you're a fan of Tom and Dan, and you're going to be in that festival anyways, that sounds like one for you. And it was one that caught my attention because of a friend of the podcast, Brendan. Is uh, I know he's a big fan of Tom and Dan. I know that he uh, often wears one of their hats, I believe. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not uh, familiar with the podcast, and because of that, like. I'm not really super interested in that movie. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be heading out that Sunday because, like you said, that day is not as strong because they've got a lot of repeats mm-hmm. of the films I'll be seeing already. Yeah, yeah. And that, you know, that's, it's not, again, no insult to the, the festival. And of course, we, you and I saying there's nothing on that Sunday doesn't mean other people won't find something that they really want to see on that Sunday. Just nothing stood out to us to make the drive to Orlando for that particular day. Um, did you find out when uh, Borg and yes. McEnroe? Uh, Borg versus McEnroe is playing on Sunday the 8th at 8.30 and Sunday the 15th at 3. There you go, folks. Um, we want to encourage you, one, to go watch movies. Uh, they're great. Don't just watch Netflix, guys. Go to your local theaters and more importantly, go to the Enzian in Orlando, not just for the film festival, because they have movies a lot of times that you can't see anywhere else. Um, yeah, currently I think they're playing Death of Stalin. Which I desperately want to see. I desperately want to see it. But they're also doing film festival next weekend, so it's not going to last long. Yeah. But um, the you can go to floridafilmfestival.com. Uh, again, it's from April 6th to April 15th. You can buy a pass to go to everything. You can buy a package of tickets. So you get like 10 tickets. I think it's five for 50 is the cheapest package, um, which saves you a dollar a ticket, I believe. And yeah, then five for 50, 10 for 95 or 20 for 185. And that saves you the most money if you really, really want to invest. Or if like maybe you only want to see 10 movies, you buy 20 tickets so you and a friend can go to 10 movies. You know, that's what you can do at this festival. It is really meant to be. I think this is a really good starter festival for someone who's never been before because you can guarantee that you're going to see the movie you want to see by buying your ticket. Um, you know, you can buy just tickets for a specific day, for a specific uh, venue. Like there's so many ways to build your experience. Um, that I think it's a really great starting point because like South by Southwest was great, but if that's where I started, I would have lost my mind because I, it's so massive and the, the theaters are spread so far apart. Um, what this, this is so convenient because even yeah, if, if like you're bouncing, apart. yeah, if you have to go from Enzian to Regal, it's not that bad, but if you 
plan correctly, you can just bounce back and forth between the two regal screens and and have an easy day of travel, you know? Um, it's, it's literally customizable. So I want to encourage, if you've ever wondered what it'd be like to go to a film festival, this is a really great one to start with. Um, and even, again, this is my third year. I'm already planning next year, uh, uh, in fact. And now, you know, there's other film festivals all happening kind of at the same time this year. Um, but this one has some really great stuff. And there's a few events we didn't talk about, but you can look at their website. But I, they are showing Jackie Brown uh, with Pam Greer. It will be there for a Q&A. And that's one I really wish I could attend. I just don't have the funds right now because I am traveling to New York immediately after this festival. So... Um, and then they also just announced yesterday that um, they're going to have Ellen Burstyn mm-hmm. with the movie Requiem for a Dream. Which is, I really would like to see that on the big screen. Um, I think it would be amazing. But same reason I'm not going to see Jackie Brown on the big screen is I don't have the funds. I, I don't remember. Do you, is it 25 bucks for the Q&A no, tickets? No, it's, uh, it's 50 for each. Ooh. And then Jeez. for um, Pam Greer only, you can do 125 and get into the movie and also get like a personal meet and greet and photo oh, wow. opportunity. But for uh, Ellen Burstyn, you have to have the producer pass, which costs like 1500 bucks. Oh, wow. So. Okay. Yeah. But so there's options again, if you got a lot of expendable income, you know, you can do all sorts of things like that. I highly recommend downloading the app too. If you're thinking about going, cause it is a very great way to, uh, you know, use it. Um, all of my reviews will be up at burkreviews.com for the movies I see at the festival as well as everything else I see. And Big Tuna, where can they read you? Uh, the Big Tuna on Film blog at bigtunaonfilm.weebly.com. And you can follow me on the social medias at burkreviews, B-E-R-K reviews, and Big Tuna? Uh, Big Tuna on Film blog. And so that's on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, so uh, if you like what we have to say or you just want to see what we're doing at the festival, follow us on those social medias and keep up with us. Um, Until next time, uh, Big Tuna, thank you for uh, doing the podcast with me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me on. All right, and keep watching movies, people. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.